0: Everyone Games is uniting disabled gamers, celebrities, veterans, and anyone that wants to play for a two-day livestream event of tabletop and video games to show that everyone games. The Knights of the Braille are joined by a community of volunteers to play alongside Jennifer Kretschmer, T1J, Radders, Blind Temple, Honey and Dice, EJ from Non-Compete, Drunken Bard, History Wizard, Vadim, Runaway Robot, and Luke Gygax. And many, many more celebrities. So you can donate now for your chance to win and play with one of these incredible celebrities and raise money for Everyone Can and StackOp.org, two incredible charities raising money for disabled kids and veteran gamers. Go to justgiving.com forward slash everyone dash games. That's justgiving.com slash everyone dash games. Join us on the 30th of September and the 1st of October to game after game of celebrity games.
1: Now
2: recording. The following podcast may have adult humor. Swear words. Innuendos of a adult nature. Making fun of me. That's a given. <laughs> everybody looks forward to that. But just know that you have been warned. Hey everybody, this is Richard. Back again with, um... I think we're going to go with the standard issue or you know, episode of the blind nights. Um, I know everybody's cheering that Jesse's not in the podcast. Uh, at least I won't get interrupted by him today. I can't speak about my guests, you know, but hey, if they do interrupt me, I'm at least used to it, right? <laughs> when it comes to like homebrew or what's the term official content, um, pre-written stuff, which do y'all prefer?
1: I think I'm a big proponent of, like, homebrew, but it's honestly, I'm going to put it on the DM, and if they want to use pre-written things, I'm a f- I'm not going to argue with them, because they're already taking a lot of time to, you know, be a DM, so in my game that I normally right. play um, l- later today... Uh, our DM is like, he's got a homebrew world, but now we just kind of went to this dungeon and he's running a module for the dungeon that we were in. So he's doing a mix. And then our other DM, Andrew, that that's the one Quinn plays in, is just all homebrew. And he's always doing like pretty much all homebrew. Um, he's using the Theros setting though. So like we got, again, it's a little sprinkling of lore, but mostly it's homebrew. Um. so
2: yeah, yeah that's that's a good book too by the way <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: that's, that's what I like uh, so I like homebrew like but if you want to use published things I'm fine with it I just don't necessarily like I'm not going to necessarily follow the module just as long as you're aware if you put a little module of me then I might ignore some plot hooks and go do my own thing <laughs> as long as you're fine with that then we can we can rhyme. <laughs>
0: yeah for me like most things is I'm I'm gonna be a mix so I like to homebrew my stories and like I'll plan out missions that'll be like okay so <clears throat> they're gonna go do this mm-hmm. thing and then it'll be like whatever however many sessions doesn't matter they can take as long as they need but it'll probably be like three to five sessions they'll work on this thing And I'll go out and I'll find a map Mm -hmm. that somebody else made that works with what my idea was. So, like, for example, the only game I'm actually running right now that I haven't – we haven't (laughs) played in a year. (laughs) But there are three recorded (laughs) things (laughs) that I need to edit Um, where I'm – it's for our Patreon patrons where I'm running for Alex. Mm -hmm. And, like – I had them go to a library and there was a puzzle they had to solve and then there were some monsters that they could encounter but they had this whole library to explore so I just went through and I was like okay I see that this map here has 12 rooms or whatever and I go through and I look at the map and kind of think about like what would I want to put in this room and then I'll write up a description so that way like if they go to wherever first I just go down to my thing and I'll see okay they went to room 12 and now I can kind of do those kind of hooks and clues and hints for them to go as as they go along. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's nice to have a pre written yeah. story when it you can't think of something like how to figure out what you want to do. Um. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Exactly. You know, and sometimes I'll take. Like, I'll pop in and look at The Curse of Strahd or or another one of the various books that I have. And it's like I can read one sentence in there and it's like, boom, then I'm starting to get, like, Mm -hmm. tons of ideas.
0: Like, if you're um, reading a bunch of different books, you're like, oh. Or watching movies or TV shows or whatever. And you're like, ah, this is giving me an idea. I can incorporate an element of this into my game.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. Like, oh, that'd be a great one-shot. <laughs> oh, that's a great yeah. campaign setting, you know. Um, so, you find an inspiration yeah. in, in all kinds of stuff. Um, and we're actually over yeah. halfway. Huh, go figure. Um, some of these questions we may have answered. Um, but a little, little more serious question here. Uh, yeah, mental health is a it's a big aspect and a big thing going on in the world now and, and has been, it just wasn't whenever I was younger. How do y'all feel that TTRPGs have helped people with that, with the mental health issues?
0: So, okay. I'm glad that I interpreted this question correctly. <laughs> Cause that's what I thought you meant based on what you'd sent. Um, <laughs> but I, I think they're a great stress relief And can, they're a great form of escapism. They can also help you figure out how to maybe solve problems and explore different aspects of your identity and learn different things about yourself. So, like, maybe if you're exploring gender identity with your character, you can realize, oh, I identify more as this, or I don't identify as any gender, or I, i feel more gender fluid like you really get the space to explore that and hopefully like you have a a safe enough group to do things like that Mm -hmm. and they're also a great way to connect with other people right and you can get that sense of community that you might be lacking in other areas of your life um so you know but the the inverse can be true and you could have a really toxic group which is why it's important to have a session zero with everyone so everyone is yes. on the same page so that way even before you start playing you'll know if it's actually the right group for you
2: right because a toxic player can ruin yeah. everybody's it, experience it really can you know um, Alec, I, I, you may need to uh, get quinn checked out because if she can understand <laughs> what i'm saying um this That's is a, a very insight. very bad bad thing because uh, anybody who understands me I, I i worry about them but how do you um, feel about I, it
1: i agree with quinn i think that it's a good well uh, all the groups i've played in have been pretty good well i had one dm that seemed like he was trying to kill our characters and was uh in, he was there more to try to kill us than he was trying the to characters kill yeah. he so, killed
0: my character yeah
1: so <laughs> that was a bad experience but otherwise I've had pretty good experiences with groups and pe- playing with people and I've had a lot of fun and I think that it can be like Quinn said a great way to connect with people and um, help some people like maybe if you're shy and the actual world, you can start playing a character that's not shy and try exploring that and see how that feels. And if you don't like it, just go back to being shy and that's fine too. Um, another thing that uh, I noticed I that it's funny. One of our friends said that we play with cause she also has some mental health things like most people in our group, but our friend, she, the one friend said something like, Oh, I love That we have like a reliable like this is a thing I know we're gonna do every week and I know people are gonna show up like basically just having like this firm plan that people are gonna show up to and we're gonna play a fun game and I'm just gonna have fun for that night you know so she like that was even not even playing the game it's just the fact that we had something on the schedule that
2: she could look forward to was helping her out as well yeah yeah, like, like I, uh, Quinn said, you know, you get to look forward to uh, yeah, to uh, stress-free, you know, to uh, to being able yeah. to release, like, the, the tension, you know. Um, I feel it's very, very important. I'm still worried about <laughs> Quinn interpreting my question correctly, though. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, and, and we've kind of talked about this with the accessibility, you know. D&D Beyond is really, really good about... Now the character sheet being accessible for the most part, as as well as the source books and you know campaigns are really accessible. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure y'all have found like a a lot of PDFs for somebody using mm-hmm. a screen reader is yeah. not so accessible. You know, um, and, and Quinn, would you being as as I call people with site a sighty? You know, how does accessibility so- af- affect you? I mean, are, I, guess, how, I am how very passionate, passionate about it, about it.
0: um i have a lot of feelings in general and like sometimes alex will be like eh, it's fine whatever and i'll feel more angry about it than he will <laughs> um s- yeah so like i'll feel the secondhand frustration when he can't use something and i'll get mad for him so that he mm-hmm. doesn't have to that's that's what i'm bringing to the table um That happened
1: with the Blades in the Dark (laughs) when they sent me the player kit or whatever and I tried to read this PDF and I was like this is like a garbled nonsense thing I don't understand and then it was partially because I didn't know the terminology for the game and partially that the PDF didn't render well and I was like this is just a mess so Quinn had to help me with that
0: Yeah so that's the biggest thing is like when accessibility fails or it isn't thought about at all I have to come in and help him. Mm -hmm. And it will be like, okay, Quinn, like I'm going to do this fun thing that you aren't even a part of or necessarily want to be, but you have (laughs) to go through and you have to read the rules of this game and figure it out to figure out what it's actually like saying and mean and all this stuff. And I'm like, I have no idea what any of this means. And now (laughs) I have to learn it. I don't even want to play the thing.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and that's you know what Jim and I have done a lot is taking like the PDFs yeah. and converting them, yeah, basically into a Microsoft Word document so that you know people can read it. D- and I'll go ahead. From my point of view, it's do what? <laughs> no, Jess. I mean, um, Alex, it's it's fine. I, I was just gonna say, <laughs> go I go basically,
1: That's what I've done for myself for the five E like stuff. So that that's kind of how I like. That's why I like playing 5e, because I'm like, oh, I have all the stuff. I've already made it accessible for myself. So. And that's yeah.
0: another reason you haven't branched out as much in yeah. other games, because yeah. you're like, well, I've already sunk hundreds of hours into <laughs> making this one thing accessible for myself. I right. don't really want to do that or have to make Quinn do it. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Well, that's not what he said in the email, but, you know, <laughs> that's just a different story. Um. But, yeah, I think that's the reason D&D is so popular with, you know, the blind or low vision because it is so much more, you know, accessible. Along with being, you know, widespread and, you know, very popular in and of itself, you know, they seem to be focusing on accessibility a bit more now than, like, individual publishers, you know. And the reason I had asked that is because I know I had looked at y'all's page whenever I updated the that's the real website to include it you know the resources and documents and I notice you have like a dyslexic font um, mm-hmm. version a screen reader version you know and you know for somebody who uses a screen reader I personally yeah, so appreciate we, it
1: we make some homebrew you know, content so. or like character sheets and Quinn like basically I, I'm usually the one that actually makes the homebrew content so it's usually written like I said in my little text editor and then I give it to Quinn, and she'll make it a PDF. Um, yeah, so, I format it. Yeah, format it for the CITES. And then we'll put it on the website. And then she found a dyslexia font that she uses for that same document. And then for the screen reader one, she'll change it and make it just a little more accessible. And then I'll check yeah, like it I'll and make sure. Yeah, take
0: out the tables because... So, like, <laughs> oh. when you're cited, yes, tables are so useful and really important. Yeah. So Alex obviously won't put it in there, and I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, I hate reading through his wall of text, <laughs> which makes sense that he would have a wall of text because he doesn't need the visual cues of it. He just needs it to go through line by line, whatever, which is fine. Yeah. So I leave mm-hmm. that, please and please. that's, mm-hmm. like, what will be in the screen reader accessible version. I'll take that out for like myself,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then um, I right. try to have less links and. randomly in the middle, and just have like if we have links to things, try to put it at the end so it doesn't interrupt your reading as much.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes yes. it, it it depends on the format of the thing because sometimes like on a Wikipedia page, if it's reading, it'll be like, "Oh, Captain Jack Sparrow was the captain of Link the Black Pearl," you know, and then yeah. like keeps going. But sometimes it'll be like, Oh, Captain J Thread was the captain of Link the Black Pearl. H C T T P W W W dot 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 and then it like goes forever and you're like, Oh god, uh. just get past it. Yeah,
0: so I yeah, I try to avoid that. Yes. Yeah.
1: So yeah, there's that that's a little fun fact right. for the side yeah. that might not know that. Sometimes we get to read a lot of URLs that you don't want to read. We
0: get to read your garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Yes, um, I personally, for yeah. one, hate tables, yeah. but I understand their importance. You know, having been able to see, you know, before mm-hmm. I lost my sight, now, I understand their eat? importance, but being a screen reader user, I hate them. And where do you eat? You do what hate now?
1: Tables. Just, <laughs> it was a bad joke. it's just a bad joke. Well, okay. um, I usually it's hold the toilet. food in my lap. Like bad joke. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You know, if um, I'm feeling especially generous and, you know, I'll walk mm-hmm. outside because I do live in the country and, you know. Um, he only eats picnics. But oh, okay. Excellent. <laughs> spreads
0: out a blanket always.
2: Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the picnic ham, you know. Um, we. I've had this happen in a, a couple of my sessions and maybe you have. How do y'all feel about, like, player versus player, like, inner party? conflict to the point of you know player versus player then
0: (laughs) like i see no use for it it's like it's one thing if the party doesn't agree on like a specific course of action and then you have a discussion about it and everybody makes a case for like why they want to do a certain thing whatever but when things are outright hostile yeah or an actual combat ensues like no i don't i don't want that like it, it boils down to me that if there's a conflict like this, you wouldn't be traveling in a party together. It just doesn't make narrative sense. So... Right. Like, if it comes to a point where that might happen, you have to figure out who's leaving the group. Like, maybe you're maybe you're doing it because you're done with the character, and if you that's, like, the route you want to do because of that, that's fine. But, like... People aren't going to travel together if they they hate hate each each other like that and don't agree on anything. And, like, if someone (laughs) wants to go and murder everybody and no one else wants to, that's not going to fly.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of the same opinion as Quinn. I think if there's a narrative reason for PvP, I'm okay with it, like, to a point. But, again, it's like, okay, the point has come. The fight can take place. But then the party's going to split because that's not going to keep going. So, for example, in our Theros campaign that we're playing, my um, character died and came back to life, but no one in the party knows that. And uh, she serves the God of Deception but tells everyone she's serving the God of uh, the Sea. And then there's another party member who serves the God of Death. And he's the God of Death is very much about, like, Oh people should not be brought back to life and if they are Once we, should you die, re- you die. we should rekill them because then I can claim them like they are mine now they shouldn't get to escape the end world and mike so yeah yep, yeah yep. Uh, Erebus, uh, yep. Erebus. and so if mike if i think if the cleric of that of Erebus finds out that my character has died and come back to life uh they are going to try to kill me So I'm like, I've accepted this, and I know that if this happens, it's a role-playing thing, and we'll figure it out from there and figure out how we want to continue the campaign. But I do not think those two will travel together Uh, if that is ever revealed.
0: Yeah. Uh, Another example of, like, a point when it could work is maybe somebody gets possessed by some cursed item and starts doing things. Like, that I'd be fine with.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I feel that there's, there's times for it. Um, I've had it happen in, in my groups uh, because a player mm-hmm. kept doing stupid stuff, and you know, he pushed him down a hill on the sled, and, you know, I mean, it was like a 200-foot <laughs> mm-hmm. like downslope. So he gently floated down yeah. to the bottom, you know. And he would put them in danger, and he would... I mean, he was purposefully yeah. doing this uh. Well, the player's eventually got tired of it and, you mm-hmm. know, took action into their own hand. And I, I don't know that he realized that... I, I take that back. He knew what he was doing, playing his character, but I don't think he meant it that yeah. way, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. coming from his character. You know, he just thought it, it, it was funny as, as a character but everybody else was getting upset and you know eventually yeah. took matters into their own hands I, I
1: have another quick example um, if I
2: can <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, nah oh, um, yeah go so ahead
1: this is a, this is a bad example I mean it's a good example of a bad situation so I was playing a warlock that was worshipping a or serving a fiend but she thought she was a cleric of a god so she was like telling everyone she's a cleric and but doing warlocky things like eldritch blasting and that kind of thing. And the party is like getting suspicious of her and then she got a familiar that was an imp, but she didn't know it was an imp. She just thought it was like a bird because they can just look like birds or whatever. And then eventually the the actual cleric mm-hmm. in the group found out and he just like took the party and ditched my character in like an inn, and so everyone else just ditched me, and I was like, okay, now what do I do? Like this character, you didn't talk to her at all because she would have been like, oh, I thought I was serving a god. Like I, I will listen to your reasoning of why <laughs> you think I'm evil, but they just like was like, oh no, she's evil. She's serving a demon. Let's go. But my character didn't know she was serving a demon, so I was like, <laughs> that was just a, like I wish there had been right. a little conflict and they had talked to me because we could have worked it out but then my dm was like i don't really know what to do with this <laughs>
0: conflict <laughs> because... is important for interesting stories yeah <laughs> but it doesn't have to be hostile
1: <laughs> right like if literally if they'd asked me she would have been like yeah. oh i really that's interesting i thought she was a god <laughs> you know
2: yeah don't don't have conflict yeah. for conflict's sake yeah. have it ha- have it make sense Um, and talking about, you know, character deaths and, and all of that earlier, how do y'all feel about character deaths in D&D 5e? I have my opinion, which a lot of people don't like, but that's the way that my party has to roll with it. Um, how do, how do y'all feel about it? I
0: think it it depends on the circumstances of the death. Like, if the character did something stupid. Like, really stupid that caused their own death. <clears throat> like, I'm thinking of. Are you
1: thinking of my character that maybe did something stupid that caused her own death? Yeah. And her name is April.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> I-, I
2: did have the feeling that she was looking at you and she like, was Like, I'm fine this. with it. Like,
0: <laughs> you made a dumb choice and you died. But, like, if the DM is out to TPK, like, I hate that hostile environment. Like, I get it also depends nah. on the group.
1: Yeah, I'm like, okay in, with going into fights and knowing that there's a risk of death, but it's like when every fight is a risk of death because the DM wants to kill you, it's not fun.
0: I and this again goes back to what I was saying about like session right, zero. Like if the DM wants that kind of thing or the players want that kind of thing, like that's fine, but you guys need to be on the same page
2: right it's like putting a tarrasque against right. a group of level one players yeah. you know you're, you're gonna die i'm
0: gonna make it through round I mean, one
2: mm-hmm. um
1: no and that that was kind and of no, what not at Christine all did, um, where but put us on, like in a monastery and there was a lot of zombies and we're like how many and he's like there's like just a lot and then it was basically he just like had them keep coming. Yeah, it was so basically We had endless. to run, but we were like, "Well, we can fight zombies." So then we didn't run, and then now we're like almost all dying because we were stupid. But we didn't know that we were like, "Oh, this is your signal for us to run." <laughs> yeah. But you then you should have said thousands of zombies, not a right. lot of zombies, because yeah. a lot it could be twenty.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like if you if you really don't want us to do like fight whatever, you want us to go do something else first. Like maybe stop what's causing all th- these undead from coming up. Yeah. Say th- yeah, there's hundreds or thousands, whatever. Like yeah. oh, this is an insurmountable obstacle exactly. right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, give us some sort of hint, but yeah, I'm I'm also okay with player Ugh. player or no, I was almost said player death character death <laughs> I'm not okay with player death um, character death yeah. if it's like narratively right. and making sense in the world and like that it's something you have discuss in the session zero as a possibility like if if the DM is like oh we're gonna play a flowery game and they're all it'll all be sunshine and rainbows and then like session two your character's killed you'll be like what the heck what,
0: what happened
1: W- oh well, sorry. the rainbow is made of acid. I didn't and- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the sunshine is very radioactive. And-
0: um, We're very close to the heat death of the universe. Yes. Uh,
2: <laughs> you know, I, and I know whenever I build encounters, I go by like my party strength and how they get out of certain things and. In case I find myself Mm -hmm. having overpowered the enemy compared to the party, so I will adjust things, you know, on the DM side. Like, uh, you know, I'm not going to pull punches. Granted, but if Mm -hmm. Richard has made the mistake of overpowering it, I'm not going to make my party suffer uh, because of it.
0: Make their HP less, yeah, or oh, their hits are a little yeah,
2: you know, and. Exactly. You know, I'm not going to make my players suffer because Richard made a mistake. Now, at the same time, I'm not going to, you know, help them out either if they are doing stupid stuff and effort at fighting. You know,
1: then it's different. Or it's like, you can just lose them, like, oh, they're using a great sword that's 2d6 damage, but they're getting tired because you've wounded them so much. Now I'm going to make it a d6, and no one has to know but Richard.
0: Yeah. (laughs) or right. like like here's right. an example of when i had a character that did something stupid where like he was he thought all magic users were evil and he pissed off a powerful magic user and like you like so, like he he basically told her to her face that she was evil and magic was evil and all this stuff and Alex was like yeah you've pissed her off
1: yeah <laughs> she mass suggestion that to make the whole us all party leave. leave the city. The city. She was like, get out of my city. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they all failed because she was like level like eighteen or twenty or something. Like she yeah. was like a twenty level wizard that just had opened a magic shop post adventuring.
0: Yeah.
1: And they were just in the magic shop and Mike and Quinn's character comes in like, oh, you're evil.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Alex was like, the campaign ended before oh. we got into that, but he's like, yeah, you pissed off a powerful person, like that was gonna come back to bite you in the butt. I'm like, yep. yeah. My character, he made a choice and it would have greatly affected him, but yeah, I'm like, he made a stupid choice. Mm-hmm. It was in character, but yeah, it would have had major consequences. She probably
1: could have just killed your character, but I'm that man.
0: <laughs> she wouldn't have killed him right then, but later, uh, later he came later. back and bothered her some more. Been like, oh, yeah. I warned you.
2: I had that happen with Draco. Except I didn't piss off a uh, another character or an NPC. I happened uh, to yeah, piss I off have... a god. Um, <laughs> he had brought us into this like horror nightmare, and Draco spoke in draconic. I'm gonna like I think he said like I'm gonna piss <laughs> on your grave or something like that because yes. he didn't know it was yes. a god. And all of a sudden the sun the sun blinked and. All you could hear is laughing and that's when Draco went um, down to like zero hit points, <laughs> you know? Um, but thankfully it wasn't just a, a nightmare, but he he did suffer from it. Um you know, in D five E you have the the light. uh life saving roles. I can't think of what the term actually is. Yeah, death saves. Thank you. <laughs> See I love having people smarter than me around. Um, how do y'all feel about the Death Saves?
0: They can be really scary. I
2: was going to say, I kind of
1: like the tension of them. Like, if you... Like, oh, I have one failed. This rule could kill my character. But, again, I think it depends on your level. Like, if you're level 1, they can be really, really scary. But if you're, like, level 10 or something, you're like, well, we can probably afford a cleric and get this person back a little easier. Yeah.
2: Um. When it comes to me as as a player and as a DM, you know, the group that I run, oh they don't get death saves. <laughs> I think it makes them... No, they don't. Um, I, it makes them strategize in a totally different way as far as mm-hmm. having that mm-hmm. safety net. Uh, I, I, I don't like them um, because I think a lot of people... And I've noticed this like in some of the actual plays that I've listened to whenever yeah. I had that mm-hmm. thing called Free Time... They would uh, use it as a safety net, you know. And as a player, I don't Mm -hmm. want the death saving throw either. If if I get into zero, I'm dead, you know. And granted, it's made me roll up several new characters, but um, I've started doing something a little different with this character that I really, really like, but happened to uh, get uh, (laughs) TPK'd by herself. Um, with one blow. Like, dang, I really liked her, and I just <laughs> created her like two weeks ago. You know. So what I did was I brought her back, and um, she was a bard, but now she is a minotaur barbarian mm-hmm. who still thinks she's a bard, but her charisma <laughs> nice, is like nice. six. You know. Um. So it, it's a way to keep the same player. You know the base of it, but yeah. I think, have to I play think... it totally different. You know, I I just particularly don't like them because yeah. of the whole well, safety net one... aspect of oh, it. Go ahead. She's it it, sure it also <laughs> no, it's it's okay, Jesse. I sure yes. feel like still here. <laughs> <Nah. Yeah>. Um, <laughs> I I know, um, but it it just makes you think about what you do in a totally different way and i yeah. personally like that i kind was going say
1: that i think one thing that kind of maybe could help the death save argument is a lot of times i think and especially in actual plays and stuff when like if you're fighting let's say a villain and they hit you and you go to zero and you're in death saves then they turn their attention and hit someone else like now they would, they should hit you while you're down. And now it's like, well, I just lost two death saves immediately. So now I'm, I'm one roll away from maybe dying. And I
0: think that's the scary thing for me is that like, knowing that realistically, this character that I love, that they would hit me, like, because I like to play a character that's up in the thick of things. Yeah, they're probably so, gonna hit me.
1: So I feel right. like that I think is not. <laughs> utilized very much by DMs and I kind of understand it because people get attached to their characters and they don't want them to die but I think if you go into a campaign knowing that it's a little riskier then it's um, a little you know more of an, a thing that you would want to be wary of and like be ready for it mentally Like you know oh and like I would love this character but I know if that I run up and piss someone, piss a god off I might die
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
2: (laughs) yes and and he did um and what i've started what well what i did with one of the characters um jesse's character bodar he said but i don't want bodar to die okay it was a horror campaign so he was Mm -hmm. frozen in time by a spell that the the big bad did and I said, you know, you're frozen there but yet, you're still alive because you still have your thoughts, your heart still beats, oh my. but you cannot move. Yeah. You know, you know, and Jesse, Jesse he, he, I think he got a little upset. <laughs> he tells me he didn't, but you know, he's constantly bringing it back up and you know, perfect way to quote unquote yeah. kill no, a I character kill but a, not I kill a character.
1: Permanently incapacitated. Him. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um, and They seem to like it. You know, I said, <laughs> see, I'm not killing y'all this time. Um, me, personally, I'm a fan of, of dwarves and sorcerers. Uh, I like the dwarf whenever I'm going to be a barbarian, but I like, you know, elves or, you know, something else for a sorcerer. Uh, what about y'all? Do y'all have a favorite race and, and class? Or...
0: I want to go in and smack stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: my girl. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs>
0: yeah and hack and slash and, and hack and slash Harry, so like that,
2: that's a dwarf <laughs> that's me but you gotta have a mug of ale or meat or something in the other hand yeah. you know <laughs> hook to your um hook to your shield you know so that you can tip it up yeah. take a swallow swing the axe uh, i'm kind of the opposite here i'm i'm a big
1: warlock fan I don't. I just like the flavor of warlocks. Like I don't think the class is really that great. Like the the spellers leave things to be desired. But I really like the idea of invocations and the cantrips. So I like warlocks a lot. And I also like my witch class that I made because it's kind of like a mix of warlock, wizard, and druid. Because you get a little bit of all three of those. Um, but uh-huh. then. I'll just say Warlock for the sake of not making people go find my witch class that I've <laughs> I made. Um, and no, then, they should go find it. They're talents oh, yeah, they if should they should do it. That's a good point. <laughs> and yeah,
2: then exactly. Yeah. It's, it's self-promotion Saturdays <laughs> oh, we point. record this. So, uh. um, and then
1: I like a halfling, a little short person that's, I like a halfling that can mess stuff up, you know? <laughs>
2: Yes, I, I love my little halfling that I play in the play by post. Oh, he's excellent. a he's a chef, you know, and he he thinks he can perform, but he gets a yeah. minus one to any charisma, you know, check. So he he thinks that he's awesome and you know can perform and act, but he <laughs> really really sucks at it. Um, but we need to we need to get Quinn to put the uh, witch class on D and D Beyond yeah. in the homebrew section so that you know. We can mm-hmm. we can add that. To I don't it. think you can add a class. Um, I think it's only
1: subclasses. She's looked into it. You can only add subclasses.
2: Yeah, so easy to yeah. do the wizard and, yep, yep. and in parentheses, but which? that's possible. See, <laughs> <laughs> we just don't want to do it now. Now I'm getting you. Uh, you're
0: just giving me bark. um. What is this? We we know
2: that y'all been playing takes up what we used to call free time you know <laughs> um we we know that y'all been playing since uh, mm-hmm. 2014 when you got started with the the facebook group and all so uh last wow, last question 20, here, here right. i know i've missed a lot i'm sure i mean
1: it's already been 20,000 that,
2: <laughs> sir? i know um <laughs> that's a redneck counting for you I, I'm, I'm, I know we covered a lot I'm sure I've forgotten something because I usually forget something here or there or everywhere um, is there anything extra that y'all you know, would like to say I, that like I said I may have missed I think one or, question you know, that
0: you did miss didn't that, think that about. I did think that I, I'd like to talk about is like you'd said your least favorite thing about TTRPGs
2: mm. yes I actually so did skip over I hate
0: one. when they're too complicated to learn <laughs> like,
2: and six hundred pages, to pages really cool to that read I need through. to
0: memorize to play the game, yeah. and like actually like <laughs> know by heart to to really enjoy the yes. game.
1: Is there an example the uh, other Pokemon version you guys tried to yeah. play? Because that game was yeah. So a mess. in a
0: podcast, um, <laughs> I came in in the second season, and the first season they were playing a
1: 5e module uh, a 5e that
0: module that
1: Wizards of the Coast gave the guy that made it a season and desist so he like took it off the internet and they were like oh we probably shouldn't use this in a podcast yeah. so
0: <laughs> so we when it came in we were starting with a new system Pokemon Tabletop United it is so crunchy like yeah. the amount of stuff that you have to do like we were so confused about what everything was and how everything worked, and it didn't really explain anything. It would talk about like it'd be like, "Oh, you need to do this thing," but it never explained what this thing was when it was introduced. Make an
1: accuracy roll, and then you try to look up accuracy rule, and you're like, well, "I don't see what that means." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that was the exact feature or whatever. It, yeah, it, but it, it doesn't a- matter.
0: It was it was overly complicated, and we just weren't having fun because it was just like having rules discussions on the podcast.
1: Yeah. It was like, ah, roll to hit. And then right. they roll something to defend. And then your damage is subtracted from something else they roll. And it's like, can we just do one roll to see if I hit? And then one roll to see the damage? Like, do I, do I the, need to
0: roll? Yeah, and the dice rolls changed for certain things. And it was just like, we it it wasn't the game for us. Um So then we switched to poker roll, which is a lot less complicated, and I did read through the rules for that one, and I am the rules lawyer on that show, but that's just because like, I read through it and I remember (laughs) them, and I'm like, hey, and and, like, it's fine if we want to change rules, I just want us to be consistent, is the main thing. It's like, I don't care what we choose, but we better be consistent throughout. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. How many pages so are in it's, that it's, book it's or weird it's do you so remember? like
0: 2 thirds of the book is just like like the pokédex and the pokemon like moves that you, they can learn um let me mm-hmm. let me see cuz i can i can look it up and i can tell you because i'm curious myself uh, alex is there anything if you want she's um, to talk about while <laughs> yeah, i yeah 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 and looking
1: my least favorite part about RPGs I'll talk about this quick while Quinn looks it up so my I think I was doing this in a recent session and I was just not having fun and I was because I didn't initially have an answer and then I was like oh this is actually (laughs) I figured it out So, there's a couple things I want to mention. One is, like, sometimes when people go off and do their own thing, it can be kind of boring to just sit there while, like, a rogue is like, I'm going to go do a stealth mission, and it's going to take an hour and a half of our three-hour session that you guys have to just listen to. So, that's one that is, like, "Ah, it's not very fun. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's moving the story forward, that's fine. But if it's, like, just a side quest, I'm like, can we just, like, text the DM... Like you know off not during our actual game and say like hey I want to go try to rob this noble And yeah then go do a play
0: by post offline yeah
1: something like that where I don't have to sit there and listen to it for an hour and a half and take away from my playing time that's one and then another one that I don't like is kind of when the the game mechanics which I know that you were saying in are of cool here so you're probably okay with this because you'll just roll of cool it. But I don't like when, like, the mechanics of the game kind of feel like you force a situation... Force into a situation that you, like, kind of can't solve. So, like, if you're given a puzzle, and you're like, well, my character's intelligence is 6, but I figured the puzzle out. What do I do here? Or vice versa, like, my character's intelligence is 20, but I can't figure out this puzzle. (laughs) You know, we're kind of like that kind of thing or, um, you know, or just like when the rolls are really like not helping you or like if the DM's like, oh, you have to roll to figure this out. But I'm like, but I already figured it out.
0: Yeah, like (laughs) you have to roll to get the specific information from somebody.
1: Oh, that too. Yeah. That is
0: really annoying.
2: Yeah. when When it's like
0: if I'm just talking to them and it would come up in conversation, like if you can role play it.
2: Yeah. yeah don't you, make me roll you for don't it.
0: need or to have that the sometimes
1: happens with like a persuasion roll where you're like you make a good argument as a person and then they're like okay roll for it and you're like well i roll the one even though my argument was actually per- persuasive but then on the other side of that if you're someone that's not very per- charismatic and you don't want to make a persuasion check you're just like well i say something along these lines and then you roll i'm okay with that but i'm like I don't know, it's hard to it's hard to fix that because like I just said, you know, if you don't want to penalize people that aren't as charismatic and you know, reward the people that are, but at the same time it's just frustrating sometimes yeah. when that happens and you're like, Oh, well, I just made this great argument and then I roll the one. Yeah. But
0: and I think part of that is the problem that it's just like kind of a D and D problem. Where there are combat
1: based, mainly it is,
0: it is combat based, (laughs) and that like that was the point of it. And also, like, there are rules for that in there to be like, oh, like it can affect like the DC check or whatever, you can get bonuses and things, Mm -hmm. but those are at the DM discretion, right? And it's like two paragraphs in that huge book, and it doesn't really give DMs a way to do it. And it's not really seen in, like, I feel like the other, like, books and modules as much. And then, uh, like, the actual plays and stuff, people don't necessarily do it. So then it just perpetuates this thing that people don't know how to play it that way. But it is an option. They just don't see it.
1: Right. So those are kind of just some of the things that I can get frustrated by. But for the most part, I think it's a good game and I like, I have fun playing it.
0: Alright, I have f- found the book. Okay, let's and,
1: let Richard be out here on his own podcast. Sweet. <laughs>
2: um, you know, I, I think a, a lot of, you know, people try to overcomplicate the yeah the persuasion thing, you know, and, and roles in general or checks. That's why I go with, you know, use common sense. If the argument yeah, makes yeah. sense, yeah. let them have it. You know, um, keep, as I learned whenever I was in college from my uh, professor, yeah. keep <laughs> yeah. it simple, stupid. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think <laughs> don't overcomplicate, you know, your life I or, or, or the game. I think that
0: people try to rely on the dice too much f- sometimes for things like that. And.
1: Right. Like, if. Like, I think there was, like, sometimes, you know, like, oh, I want to climb on the roof. And I'm like, well, I'll make a check for it. But if you're a monk or a barbarian, I would just be like, "Okay, you climbed onto the roof. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you figured it out. You have a lot of strength. You're like, don't make me roll to climb on this ten-foot roof if I'm a level fifteen barbarian. Like, I can, I can just get up there. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you're like a level two ranger or something, and you're like, I want to climb on the roof, I'd be like, Well, you try to roll an athletics check. Let's see how you do. You know, there's a little different scenario there." Right. But, yeah, I agree yeah, with you it, guys Sometimes it goes
0: sometimes, with what you're saying. Yeah. Use common sense. It's you guys
1: did like, it really cool.
2: Yeah. If I'm a level 15 barbarian and I can't exactly. climb over roof I'm going to yeah. appear in the i and gonna Let me and force acid, rubble. Uh, yeah. the
1: rubble <laughs> Support beam and smack it with a hammer. Or just smack it with a hammer. I'm not going to think. I'm a exactly. I'm it.
0: mad. I <laughs> raged. I'm angry that I couldn't do it. Exactly. You all will pay.
1: I'll get on this roof, whether the mm-hmm. roof's on the ground or in the sky.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll show that roof box. boss. Exactly. Right. This book, Poké Roll, 489 pages, but the basic rules, stop. Page 88 is when the Pokédex starts. Page 346 is the Pokémon moves. And that's, like, the rest so of the book.
1: that's for the one you are doing That's now. the one we are doing. Did you figure out...
2: The other one, Pokemon tabletop, United.
0: <sighs> that one, I, that one, I didn't find.
2: Is that based off of um, the Power N- by the Apocalypse?
0: but they kind of like it has some similar concepts, but
1: they do. Basically, you get a pool of d sixes, and then four, five, or six is a success, and then you like 6s. okay, yeah, which is that's how Blades of the Blades in the Dark works too.
0: Also, they have for so Pokemon Tabletop United, they right. got their handbook. Then they have like they have a bunch of like core documents. So their Pokédex is a completely different document. And they also have one called Useful Charts. If you got to have a separate document called Useful Charts, the <laughs> game is probably a little too complicated. <laughs> Okay, the core book for Pokemon Tabletop United <laughs> yeah. is five hundred and eight pages.
1: Okay, and that's without the Pokedex.
0: And that's without the Pokedex.
1: <laughs> the other one is shorter with the. Po- yeah, yeah, that's not one I'm going to yeah, be buying. I go Poké Roll. <laughs> it seems a lot
2: simpler.
0: It is a lot simpler. Keep
1: it simple, stupid.
0: Yeah. Go
1: with Poké Roll.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, I love that philosophy, and I think <laughs> that's going to be the title <laughs> yeah. of this episode. Yeah, so keep it good. simple, stupid. Uh... Was there anything else that y'all would like to plug or, or talk about? Um, I guess we'll just f- one, one more
1: time shout out our own podcast, a, a Couple of Characters, where we make different characters every week and discuss um, character creation and different aspects of role playing games c- related to making characters. So, like we thought, we have an episode on making quirks in your characters and that kind of thing.
0: Or how to make a backstory that, you know, gives your like character something to work towards and also gives the DM things to work with to help you keep both of you engaged throughout. Yes.
1: Yeah. And then uh you can find us we and have a website, a couple of characters podcast dot com, and that's where all the homebrew things are as well. So you can check out the episode on the witch class that I made or go read the PDF if you're a sighty or you can go check out the accessible version. Um so yeah, that's. I think that's all I need to plug. Quinn, did you want to plug anything else?
0: I mean, I've already plugged Dungeons and Dragon types. My other thing.
1: Oh, I guess also. I don't know what, when is oh, this coming out. Yeah, we're, this coming but out? we're going to be on Everyone Games. Couple of uh, events.
2: Uh, it's okay. going to come out before then. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so Y'all are so involved with it.
1: Friday, September 30th, in the D and D Epic History. Uh, game at 7 a.m. Eastern. And then Quinsling at 7 a.m. Eastern the next day. What's your game?
0: Uh, the Neo-Triassic Shoreline Aggression Syndrome.
1: Okay. And then we're both going to be on the representation in gaming panel at 6 p.m. on that Friday the 30th. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll shut that out. Everyone games. It was, we, I did the D&D Epic History last year, and I was played Marie Curie. And I made her an artificer and she was basically turned radium into magic and got all a bunch of powers. And this year I'm going to play Edgar Allan Poe and he's going to be a shadow sorcerer. So we're going to have a lot of shadow magic and him. I'm going to try to be broody again and angsty. Richard, we'll see how it goes. He (laughs) might be bubbly and cheerful. No, I don't think it'll based happen. Based on
0: all this you know. history of just um, Alex playing, like, it's not gonna happen.
1: We don't know that he wasn't cheerful when he wasn't writing the really sad and, uh, you know, morbid poems that he was writing. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. short stories.
2: Anybody that, that writes about, yeah. uh, what is it, Arkham's <laughs> Razor and Poe's Raven mm-hmm. and, what is it, the Telltale Heart... Yeah, I don't think he had a very good childhood or a very happy yeah. happy life. But I couldn't be wrong. Uh, if anybody can pull happiness out of Edgar Allan Poe, yeah, I think it will be, will be you. Um, looking forward, looking looking forward to seeing it. Um, you know, watching it uh, whenever I get a chance. Unfortunately, I'm not very mm-hmm. active mm-hmm. with everyone games this year due yeah. to yeah. life and you know things going on here. But um, I I did manage to finagle myself into uh, slotting aside time to play in Dungeon World with um, Matt and okay. you know getting the awesome. group back together from last year. So uh, looking forward to that. And of course I can't be in any panels because I'm not sure like when I'll be around the yeah. computer with a yeah. steady connection. What connect time and, is your
1: game, Matt? Uh,
2: it's life, y'all.
1: Do you know? Do you know what time yours is at? What's
2: that, sir? Okay. Uh, I'd have to look back at the schedule, but I believe it's on Saturday. I think I it's think from three to right. six. All
0: right, but
2: good. Well, we can look at the schedule. Um,
0: the schedule's on their website. Everyone. Yeah, I, I think games. it's three Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yes, I love having sightings. <laughs> I just, I just love it. Um, but I do want to uh, thank y'all for coming on. Uh, you know, and and recording the podcast with me. Finally, we could get it situated. Uh, Alex, I want to thank you for you know being like Jesse and interrupting me. I I really really appreciate <laughs> that. Um, that's, he does you know, that to Alex on course. our
0: show too. It's, it's just <laughs> and, that's
1: what happens when you start <laughs> rambling. You would just just want to keep on rambling,
2: you know. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, you and Jesse need to do a podcast. I don't think y'all ever get every, yeah. one completed. It'll just chaos in about twenty um,
0: seconds.
1: It'd be the two of us just talking over each other for <laughs> <Yes>. an hour. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: but uh, again, I, I do thank y'all and uh, appreciate it. And y'all go check them out, follow them, and uh, yeah, y'all Thanks have a good either. time. Thank you. Catch us. you later.
0: This episode is brought to you by the Knights of the Braille and is made possible through the support of viewers such as you. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to get all of the latest information and episodes. Thank you.
2: Welcome, everyone, to this exclusive one-shot. The Dungeon Daddy's Disciple. Kicking off the Dicehead Revolution, T and Cleves of the Seesaw Podcast, Chad Michael Bowton of Hindsight is 20 200, and your DM Richard from Night to the Brim. Over the course of the series, join Brago, MP, and Grog as they find themselves in an eerie seaside town with no way to get home. Do they have the strength to overcome the trials that the Dungeon Daddy has in store? Let the dice decide.